sure. Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode. No, I want to do it. You did it last time. But you've done it every other time before. Nope, I'm the one. You are the one, but I'm not going to share with people what that the one means. But I'm going to do the intro. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. See if it makes it the final cut. <laughs> thanks for downloading this episode of the I'm So Sure podcast. I'm Kevin Kelly. And I'm Scott Benson. Who cares? <laughs> well, and I'm going to re-edit this. No, you're like, you're going to leave it as is. You know what? You're right because you're too, too much trouble. Too much too trouble. Too much trouble. Too much trouble. Uh, Who sings that? Is it female? No. I don't know then. Well, no, it, he, he's not. Lamal. Oh. Anyway. Well, he had a lady's hairstyle. That was not a lady's hairstyle. That was not any gender. That was something, though. It was a piece of work. So we're doing a music episode. That's right. Which we, we've had lots of requests. People really enjoy our music episodes. So yeah, this episode we're going to talk about songs from the 80s that we love that should have been Bigger more hits. successful. And some of them are singles. Some of them are just album tracks. I think the one or two that I picked should have been released as singles, but... Anyway. Well, you don't work for a record company. No, I don't, but maybe there'd be more good quality stuff out on the market, like more Twin Peaks soundtrack music. Just get let's get it all out of your system <clears throat> right now. Oh, something else will come to mind about Twin Peaks later that I'm sure I can please our listeners with and, and spread information. So we had a letter from one of our listeners mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this week, Jimmy, whom we've talked about frequently. He wants to know why you have to talk about Twin Peaks so much. Because he doesn't want to hear it. Well, may I suggest tuning Mr. Ray's Wig World, or tune into a Twin Peaks podcast? Um, he and, absolutely and does find not out want what to it's all that. about. Just watch it on Netflix. No, I told him that you were already aware of what he how he feels. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have anything else to say about that. Everyone knows where I stand on Twin Peaks. Clearly, but you keep reiterating it every Well, every because week. I'm not going to get you to do an actual Twin Peaks podcast, so this is a closest Didn't we thing. already do one? Oh, no, I'm talking about every episode. No, hell no. That's never going to happen. Well, I don't even know. Why, why would you want me on said Oh, trust podcast? me, I don't want you on a podcast. You want me on this podcast? I want to. I want to do a Twin Peaks podcast, and I've got to aren't figure there, out. Aren't there already a lot of other Twin Peaks podcasts? Yeah, but everyone brings their own unique point of view to it. How many different points of view could there be? Well, other than everyone, you either like it or you don't. Every one of them is how good it is. So that's what it would be. No, there's people. That well, I'll do a podcast if you want to talk about <clears throat> how good it's not. I'll sign me up. I'll fully. You know, concede that there are Sign chunks of the show that are not very good. I'm available. Well, that. let's move on to the topic of the week. Let's. So, I have my little list and you have your little list. And mine are not in a list of favorites no. or anything You wanted like to make another one of those list things. Like Entertainment Weekly makes those dumb list issues that I don't care about. I don't like, you know... Or when you see things online where, you know, this is like the top 100 comedies of all time and whatever they say is number one, unless it's I Love Lucy, I don't believe it. So I want to avoid lists. We're just going to give you... Just some things that we like. We're going to present options. options. So the first song I would like to talk about that should have been a big hit is I Touch Roses by Book of Love. talked about how much we love book of love when we did our favorite do, 80s albums yeah do we we probably told our Tanspa story then. yes we did well i love this song so much i love it so much that when i was listening to it this morning and i actually instagrammed this it, i have a thing on my computer called last fm that monitors your itunes 
I love it. It's fun because what it does is it keeps little charts. So you have like your own personal chart of like what your top songs are. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it said, you've listened to Book of Love 11,574 times and I Touch Roses 963 times. Clearly, I've heard heard it way more than that because last FM has only... I've only had that on my computer for like maybe five years. And it doesn't track when you listen to it on your phone. Well, and it didn't track when I listened to it on my Walkman. Or, yeah, your cassette or <laughs> yeah. CD from years ago. Yeah, the, the records or whatever. But, yeah, still, that is a lot to have listened to that song. I can't claim that I listened to it that much, but this and then there I are, can't claim. There are other songs on that album that we talked about, uh, Modigliani, Lost in Your Eyes. I mean, those are perfect 80 songs, and I love, I love Book of Love also. They have a new Greatest Hits that just came out. It's a remastered version of their biggest hits. It's not a physical CD. It's only available as a download, but there are two new songs. On it, and um, they're also on tour right now. I was so disappointed because I've never seen them live because they've never come anywhere near Indianapolis. And of course, I've said it before: you come to me, I don't come to you. To I am you. not on tour. Yeah, but um, they are opening for a Culture Club on their new tour, except here in Indianapolis, of course, because we're going to see Culture Club in a couple. Who's going to open when we see Culture Club? I don't know, but it's not going to be Book of Love. Mary, maybe it will be Julie Cruz. No, it won't be. What if it was? It's not. But it could be. No, it can't because they would only have someone that they like. We've seen Julie Cruz live before. We've talked about that before. On the B-52s episode of the I'm So Sure podcast. Yes. I'm just bringing it up again because it was a good memory. So you stated. It was not. Well, let me talk about one of the songs on my list. My list. My list. Although it's not a list in any order because Kevin doesn't like lists. One of my recommendations. I do like lists. My own personal list. But see, this list is on stenographers, notebook paper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Usually, my personal lists are on index cards. Oh, yeah. You're a big believer in the index cards. But I'm also a big believer in the stenographer's notebook. If you don't know what a stenographer's notebook is, it is the notebook where the spiral is along the top. Well, I tore mine out of a notebook that has the spiral on the left-hand side. More of a standard, not a stenographer. So, as long as people now have that visual in their mind of what kind of pieces of paper we're talking of, maybe I can go on to my song. I like specific details. Yes, that's very detailed. We appreciate the details. So, one of my favorite songs is by a group called Bourgeois Tag, and the song is called I Don't Mind At All. It's important to me I remember when I first saw the music. I remember seeing the music video for this, and I just thought it was a really creative and very interesting video. And I really liked the song. It was kind of in that period. I think it came out in 1988 or 87. If you don't know the exact year, don't speculate. Late 80s. You've got a computer right in front of you. You could easily find out. I could, but down to the exact release date. Yes, but I remember this song kind of stood out from stuff that was popular at the time from the album yo-yo yeah which i like that whole album i had that on cassette and um it was their second album i believe they had a top 40 or a close to a top 40 hit before that called um, something wonderful world what a wonderful world it could be it had a different title um mutual surrender and then then in parenthesis parenthesis, what a wonderful world that that was good i remember that i don't think i ever had that album but i got the album yo-yo and um, that was produced by Todd Rundgren, who was a really prolific performer and producer. Yeah, he was in Utopia in the 80s. And he had lots of solo. He had that solo hit, Bang the Drum All Day. Yeah, my 
uh, boss, like she likes to play that on Friday afternoons. She'll sometimes play that on the overhead speakers at the end of the day. That sounds really annoying. Mm. Well, it means that work is over for 48 hours and I start counting the minutes till I have to go back to work. It's very sad. Yeah, that kind of is. <laughs> it's also realistic. It's very realistic. Let's go on to your next song. My next song would be I Engineer by Animotion. Love it. This, you know, when I was th- when I was doing my little list here, um, several of Animotion's songs, actually, all three of their, well, though they had another song, "Let Him Go," but um, "Obsession" was a cover, "I Engineer" was a cover, and then later "Room to Move." I never thought about those all being covers. Yeah, that was a cover too, because "Obsession" was actually. Recorded by Holly Knight and Michael DeBar. Oh, love that! And it was who, featured in the trailer for Nine and a Half Weeks, and it was recorded for that movie, movie A Night, Night in, in Heaven. Heaven. And um, and then I Engineer actually was written by Holly Knight, co-written by Holly Knight, I believe. And um, but when Animotions came out, I was like, I know this song. Michael Damien had performed it on like American Bandstand, and you can't find the clip of him on American Bandstand performing it. But and you, I'm sure you've looked. Oh yeah, but you can find him on like a, some other show on YouTube performing it. But Animotions is, I like Michael Damien, but their <laughs> version is way better. Yeah. So, which is so weird because remember how when we saw Sheena Easton. Animotion was supposed to be the opening act, yes. and then they weren't. They weren't on the bill anymore. And then Michael Damien. I would have killed to have seen Animotion Ugh. live. Well, if you live in Southern California, I think they still perform. They were always performing like a Knott's Berry Farm. Wait, but is it the incarnation? This incarnation with. It's the I think the, or the, is it Astrid and the it's Bill. It's Astrid and Bill. I think they kind of got back together because Room to Move. The two original lead singers had left, and Room to Move featured Cynthia Rhodes, who was, you know... Oh, yeah, I said Holly Knight, but I meant Cynthia Dirty Dancing, and then Paul Engenman, who was the lead singer of Device, who was also another song on my list. So, anyway, but I Engineer, it was not a a big hit at all. MTV played it some. I would say it, it got, like, medium rotation, but it was very... Uh, kind of darker than typical pop music. Uh, yeah, or obsession. It was very high concept. Yeah, <laughs> high <laughs> high concept. But it is the jam. That song is so good. It is good. I love it. I also like um, that. Is it technically a device that worked with Tina Turner for her song for the Mad Max movie was Holly yeah. Knight, and that's I think the device the living... does the music for it basically. Yeah. So that's a great song. Well, you should have left out. I guess I'll just go on to devices. Hang on a hard tack is on my list too. Oh, so from their album Twenty Two B Three, another high concept. They were all about the high concept. Yeah, they had a really good follow up single too called Who Says that MTV played, but it didn't get in the top forty. Hanging on a hard tack was a top forty hit, but it wasn't a huge hit. It was huge all. in our world. Oh yeah, I remember driving around in your Chevette. Listening to the cassette of 22B3. On my little... What brand did I have? Because I, I, I was real happy about that car stereo that Sony, I got. Yeah, it was a little Sony you got cassette the, deck. Yeah, the car stereo was worth way more than the car, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, by the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I left it in there because the car, it just was oh, not The car it. probably would have fallen apart if you took that stereo yeah. out. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Good memories. All right, let's go on to one of my next songs. It is by the evergreen 
wonderful performer, Grace Jones, and it's her song Libertango slash I've Seen That Face Before. I thought it was going to be the, her song Bullshit. No, I lo- that was in the running. And also, Chan H- Hitchhikes to Shanghai. Um, party Girl. And Party Girl. Those are really good songs, too. Strange. But no, this is from uh, earlier Grace Jones album. I think it's from the album Night Clubbing, which is probably my favorite Grace Jones album besides Slave to the Rhythm. Oh, it's your favorite album. Yeah, I just had to tell you which album that the song was on. Well, and yeah. then you had to go verify albums it. from that period, like Warm Leatherette, Night Clubbing. They kind of warm. Like you can mix you some of the songs, that. Leatherette. You could no, take some of the songs. Again. Warm Leatherette. Oh, I should play my... Um, no, you shouldn't, and I don't even know what you're going to say, but you just shouldn't. Well, maybe I'll put it in. Who knows? You're going to put in what? A clip of a song that I did that's Disqualified! Kind of <laughs> next! Yeah. <laughs> What's next on your list? No, you do another one, because I did two. All right, well then, I also have um, John Taylor from Duran Duran. I Durand do Durand. what I do! Yeah, I do what I do, which is the theme song for the one of my favorite movies of the 80s, Nine and a Half Weeks. understand that when that um the shades of gray movie came 50 out 50 shades, shades yeah. of gray no one said anything about nine and a half weeks i did which, i mean we did but it's just like we were like hasn't this already been done already like it was called nine and a half weeks i don't understand when that when the book came out i never read any kind of criticism comparing it to nine and a half weeks nine and a half weeks was way way better way better time well and even like the the novels like both were written in the first person so that's another you know basic I do rip what off. i do i we were so obsessed with this song i remember like in high school i would just be sitting there like in you know anatomy class and i would just that's appropriate i would just say i do what i do and one of my um, best friends in in high school her name was mindy and um she was uh she was lots of fun and she still is i'm sure but um, she was very christian and um you know went to church and everything and um we were reading the nine and a half weeks book like in class yeah like our, we each had the the paperback novels of it, and we had like let all of our friends and friends of friends borrow it, and we were like a little nine and a half weeks library. But um, I I would just sing, I do what I do, and I had done it so many times that Mindy started singing it too, and she's like, Oh no, it's that song from that movie, Burn in Hell. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love that so much, and all the uh, different remixes that were on the 12-inch, I remember making like a 30-minute mix where mm-hmm. it cut different elements of each of the version together. I remember I, I got the 12-inch of it when um, I had gone down to Bloomington to like visit, visit a friend or something, and um, I bought the 12-inch, and you didn't know that the 12-inch was out, and... 
you just saw it like sitting in my bedroom and I remember you like put your hands up at the end and you were like, what? I didn't know. Well, you didn't tell me about well, this. Well, that merited a phone call as soon as it became available that you should have told me. I was more, because ex- I remember the same day I got a pair of black leather. K-Swiss shoes? No, Chuck Taylor. Oh. My first Chuck Taylor. Because, you know, those are like my signature shoe. Liz yeah. Claiborne. And I still have those shoes. To this day, they're in my closet. I don't wear them anymore. Speaking of which, it felt so good yesterday. I got rid of three trash bags full of clothes that I donated uh, that were clogging my closet. I had clothes that I probably hadn't worn in over 10 years. So I It was time. Yeah, it was time. And feels, I need to go back. I got some shoes and some other crap that I don't need. Feels good to purge. I read something that said what you should do at the beginning of the year... Put all your clothes on the hangers backward, and then put them back in your closet, and then after six months, all the clothes that are still hanging on the hang- on the backwards hanger, backwards hanger, you know that you haven't worn, and get rid of them. I have things that I, I'm not going to wear it again, but I just don't want to get rid of them. Like, I'm saving them for like the Kevin Museum. I'm getting right on that project right away. What, the, the Kevin Museum? Mm-hmm. You want to put things into the Kevin Museum? Oh, yeah. I'll be a curator. Well, I have a Twin Peaks t-shirt that is from 1990 that I still wear, but I'm very careful with it when I wash it and dry it. And that so, belongs in the museum. It belongs somewhere. Well. Is it that black one with the... The map of yeah. the yeah, different icons on, on it, yes. It's very, very proud possession. But you've claimed that you don't wear black t-shirts. Well, I have a few hanging up in my closet. But anyway, it's so nice to open up my closet and not have it be just all packed where you can't even spread things around to look at your different selections in your wardrobe. And come, out of, come out of the closet. I'm it's, not, it's dusty in there. Yeah. It's not that I even am a big clothing person and have lots of stuff that I care about. Because yeah, we've talked about how hard it is to find clothes that we even like. Yeah. But I, it's just, I, I realize, you know, every few months I need to just break down and buy like three or four different shirts to put into my rotation. If you can find something that's worth buying. That's true. Well, if they're cheap enough, it's just, then I just have something to cover up my body because ain't nobody wants to see that. Oh, sad, sad, sad. Yeah. My next song is Can't You See by Vicious Pink. can't even remember what this song sounds like. What? I, it doesn't ring a bell at all. Dad, you ring a bell. I'd be surprised if I have it in my iTunes actually to put a clip of the music Don't on you here. remember like how I had a major meltdown when the CD finally came out? Because they never really, they released a whole bunch of singles. Vicious Pink the, were originally called Vicious Pink Phenomenon and they were Soft Cells background singers. And then they had gone on to just form their own duo, just called Vicious Pink. Pepsi and Shirley. But except it's a man and a woman. And um, the the guy did all the the music, and then the lady, she did all the vocals. But um, they released a series of 12-inch singles. And then I think like their album may have come out after they broke up. They broke up like in 1986. And um, then the, their actual CD finally came out um, maybe like four or five years ago. Hmm. So, And I was just like, oh my god! I don't remember your meltdown from that because every time something like this comes out, it's like a new milestone of having a freak out over. So, I get very excited about things when they come out when I've been waiting so long. For well, them. yeah, when it's been 30 years and you think you'll never have it again. Well, look it up in your iTunes and see if you have it. How are you going to put a song, a, a clip? That, you would have to email it to me if I don't have it. Let's just do a search right now. I'm, I always give you my <coughs> CDs, though, when I get new CDs. Yeah, but if I don't have interest in it, I may not always add no, it. No, you do. I don't remember you giving me this one to add. Vicious Pink. Hang on, I'm searching for it right now. 
From August 21st, 2012. What's that music? Is that the song? Yeah. Yeah, I have no memory of this song. And it's like one of the... Do you have it? Yeah. Take Me Now, Extended Version, Blue Love Mix. Kick, 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 can't see you. That's it. It's like one of the first songs that used sampling, too. Well, I should like that. Yeah, talking about this makes me think of that other group I liked from uh, about that time is Vienna and that song, Talking with the Heart. That song is the jam. Remember when I bought that without even having heard any of the music? Well, I had the 45. Uh, oh, I don't remember that. having heard it before, but that was a period yeah. where everything that came out on the Virgin Record label, I was like, oh, this will probably be but good. But they were on Warner Brothers. Oh. But you bought it probably because it had nice artwork and it said a digital recording. Vienna I thought was, it looked like it was... I thought, I thought, maybe I think Vienna and Virgin, maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know what you're thinking, but it was Who knows? Peter Wolf, not the lead singer of Jay, Jay Giles' band. Who was involved with Faye Dunaway. It was a different Peter Wolf who was a music producer. He had produced um, Wang Chung, um, their Mosaic album, which had Everybody Have Fun Tonight. Mm-hmm. And he also did Starship, um, We Built the City, the Needy. Oh, classic. Knee Deep in the Hoopla album. He's not American, but he made very American-sounding music. But he and his wife were Vienna, and um, they did that one album. And you can't even find the video anymore online. I used to be able to watch it, like, on YouTube, but it hasn't been on YouTube for years. But MTV played it a little bit, but the whole album is really, really good. Yeah, I haven't listened to it in years, but I... Yeah, have fond memories of that. I was very excited at the, the time when I got the, it. The video was very stylish, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was. It's a, it's a really good song. All right, so what's your next song? My next song is uh, "Jimmy Loves Marianne" by Josie Cotton. Yeah, all her songs are good. They're worthy of being super hits. And MTV did play this. P- people probably know her most from Johnny Are You Queer. And what wasn't that in Last American Virgin? Valley Girl. Valley Girl. Which the Go-Go's actually used to perform it live in concert before they got really popular. But Josie was the one that um, recorded it. I get really annoyed when people pronounce the name Josie as Josie. Like it's J-O-Z. That's the way Piper Laurie pronounced Joan Chin's name on Twin Peaks. She called her Josie. Yeah, and I remember um, David Arquette used to, he would, in that movie Never Been Kissed, where Drew Barrymore... It was Josie Grossy. Yeah, he would always say Josie. And I was like, that is so annoying. It's not Josie and the Pussycats. It's Josie. Oh, speaking of horrible movies... I'm still talking about Josie. Yeah, but I'm talking about Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We uh, know, well, we never saw the movie. Oh, well, just I, the, just I saw the trailer and I wanted to cry. Get the hook, Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> yeah, well, and she has, I think. Yeah, what's she done recently? Nothing. It's like, what a... It was just... The, Bad. And it had Tara Reid in it, which is always... Yeah, but... Danger sign. But, but she actually... She was, was the only one that looked like she belonged in yeah, it. Yeah, and Parker Posey, who I love is in it too but I just was like well she was in the third blade well she I guess she just needs some money but anyway Jimmy Loves Marianne happens to be the jam I didn't know this until recently but it's a cover song and it was originally done by that group Looking Glass who um, performed that song Brandy that you're a fine, <laughs> a fine girl. girl yeah or, you know, yeah, Brandy, she's a fine girl. Yeah. What a fine girl. So that's like a classic rock type of group. Yeah, and it was they actually spelled Marianne differently than Josie hmm. did. Maybe but. maybe the rural spelling. I don't know. But it happens to be the jam, and I love it. 
All right, my next song is by The Police, and it's a song that they did for a movie that Sting was the star of called Brimstone and Treacle. Oh, didn't you and do hang a on. scene from that and drama the, class? The name of the song is I Burn For You. Now that I have found you In the cools of your evening smile With the shade of your parasol And your love flows through me Oh, I drink at your pool I burn for you I burn for you Sting has done this many times in concert later, but he always does like kind of a jazzy version as he is wont to do. It was in that movie, that live movie he did in the 80s called Bring On the Night, and that was close with a little that, bit to the album. Not with the purple baby being born. Yeah, when he has a baby that's born and you think it's going to die. It looks like it's not, but yeah, it looks dead, but it, they revive it and his baby's alive and now he's, his baby's like 30-something years old, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um but no, this song "I Burn for You" is probably one of my favorite Police songs, and I and I it's weird because like I love every time I hear the Police, I love their stuff, but they don't come to mind like when I want to listen to music. I'm like I'm gonna choose them. It's just like if I come across yeah. them, I I forget and re appreciate them. And this is a great song. I think Sting just he's become something different, and I'm just not interested. Like well, I liked him at the time in the '80s. And I remember I thought he was really cute, but um, and I liked like his first two or three solo albums. But as he got older and just got kind of jazzy, and he just, jazzy and turned into adult contemporary kind of stuff. Yeah. and it's not as appealing. But from this time, this was like from 1982. This is the police, like right at their peak. This is probably one of the. I don't know if this was recorded like a, a for synchronicity and it was an outtake that they used in this movie or what. But anyway, it's one of my favorite police songs. And if you've not heard it, you should look it up. I don't remember it, but I'm. I will hear it in the podcast. You certainly will. All right, what's your next song? Well, this is the last song on my list. All right. It's Just What I Always Wanted by Mary Wilson. It is. Mary Wilson is a British singer, and she kind of looked like she belonged in the B-52s, but the song sounded a lot like a Tracy Ullman song. Or like Petula Clark or something like that, like something, a pop song from the 60s. Yeah, like Tracy Ullman, they don't know. Yeah. It was kind of that same Retro. Thing. And I saw the video once on MTV, and I was just like, oh my god, what is this? It's so good. And I was always trying to find the record. I even tried to special order it, and they could never, ever get it. And then years later, I mean, we're talking like decades I later. remember, now speaking of when something comes out after many years, I remember when you got this. Well, you're fast-forwarding. So oh. I was in a record store that no longer exists here in Indianapolis called Howard's Hard to Find, which I think it was called Hard to Find because the store was a giant mess and <laughs> everything was hard to find. Did they there. not use the Dewey Decimal System? They did not use any kind of organization. It was just, everything was just thrown. It was like garage sale record shop. But anyway... Um, I found, he just had the 45 cover of this. And Mary Wilson was holding a selection of Tupperware on the cover with her beehive hairdo. And remember, the 45 cover, there, were, there was no record in it. And I'm like, where's the record? And like the girl that was working, she's like, oh, no, we don't have that. Like, but you have the sleeve. 
So I think I paid like a dollar for the sleeve. And it was on our refrigerator for years. Yeah. Did you cry tears of blood that there was no vinyl inside? Well, yeah, because I hadn't heard the song in years. The internet didn't exist yet. So um, then several years later, I remember Vicky and I were at um, Glendale at Sam Goody. Goody and got it. They were going out of business. And there was a bin of import CDs, Mm -hmm. and I was just going through them, and they were, like, all on clearance, and I found it was, like, a best of Mary Wilson, and I almost had a major freaking meltdown. Did your feet leave the ground? Did you levitate? I levitated, and I was like, oh, my God, I finally have this. I mean, I had been looking for this song for, you know, 20-some-odd years, and... I'd never heard any other songs by her before, and she's one of my favorite singers now, and I have other albums by her. In the, you know, internet age, I've been able to... to Build your collection, fill the holes. We post her video frequently on the 80s Grady's page, and because it's on YouTube, and... Well, I have to say I enjoy her, and that song is really the jam. She did the theme song to that British... TV show called Coupling. Mm-hmm. It's called Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I know that song, that cover yeah. too. Yeah. So she's wonderful. And she actually has a new album out too. Well. And I just downloaded it a few weeks ago. I love it. I love it too. All right. Are you done talking about your list? Because I have the most important song of the 80s that was not a hit that should have been a hit. And this is by. I'll be the final judge. Nick Kamen. Oh, yes. And the song is called Each Time You Break yes. My Heart, which that, is true. Fact. We played this. If I had a, a Last FM account, this song would have played three million times from the time that I first heard it and had it on cassette and the 12 inch single and then CD and downloads. And everything. we both got the 12 inch single. We bought it because Madonna co wrote it. Yes. And, never she's heard on, it. and she's on it. Yeah. She does background. And it was on Sire Records because we would just buy anything that was on that label because we knew we would probably mostly, mostly get a good like song. It. And it was produced by Shep Steve. Pettibone and Mark Kamen. No, oh. I think Stephen Bray. Yeah, it was Madonna and Stephen Bray that produced Dumpty it. Dum. And dum de dum. I was wrong, Kevin was right. George um, would always say in interviews around this time, he would say, ask me who my favorite pop star is. So they would say, who's your favorite pop star? And he would say, Nick Kamen, Nick Kamen, Nick Kamen. And there's even like, there are little pinups of Boy George and Nick Kamen in the teen magazines. And I remember there was like a picture of Boy George wearing um, a hat and their little button, Nick Kamen buttons. So it was a Boy George, Nick Kamen bromance. Back before bromance was a word that I'm sure you hate. Yeah, that's a dumb word. It's as dumb as man cave. If you've ever used the word man cave, please unsubscribe from our podcast. Don't, because I'm sure someone has said that. Ugh. Cringe. Cringe. Okay, the other quote was from Billboard magazine when they reviewed the single... Each time you break my heart, they said, if this is not a major hit in America, there is something wrong with America. Well, we know from life 
that yes, in fact, there is something wrong with America and this song by Nick Kamen, which is probably one of the most quintessential, perfect pop songs that came out during the 80s, had no chart success in America. Well, it was, it was, it did make the Hot 100. Did it? Yeah, and it was also um, like a dance. Well, it was a dance the tw- hit. The 12-inch. Okay, it was a dance hit. I'll give you that. I wouldn't say I'll that. I'll give you that. But I could not turn on the FM radio and be no. have any chance to hear it. Not on any And sort this of seems like a total music that you'd hear on the radio and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I love that plus, song. Plus, I mean, because it was Madonna. I mean, Madonna is yeah. clearly doing the background vocals on it. And Anyway, it's perfect. I love it. And the album that this came from, Nick Kamen, just self-titled was finally released on cd earlier this year and i had another meltdown in fact i remember when i found out it was coming out it was an import with a whole bonus disc all the 12 inches from this album because he released several singles all the mixes and everything i remember i emailed you when you were at work and i almost cried tears of blood yeah and i did pre-order it (laughs) so i had it like right Right when it came out. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, that's it. I'm sure if we would have taken more time, we could have come up with a dozen other songs. Well, we can always do another episode later. Yeah, we could do songs. an update of this. This was a lot of fun. As you can tell from my enthusiastic tone and my voice. Yeah, don't get too excited. Now it's time for the I'm So Sure of the Week. I'm not sure I know what the I'm so sure of the week is. What is the I'm so sure of the week? The I'm so sure of the week is you. (laughs) Really? Just, it's you. Womp, womp, womp. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, let's do some, some advice. I've got some advice for you. I've got some. I do. You'll listen and you'll learn. So our listener writes, Dear Kevin and Scott, What is the best way to end unwanted chit-chat from the person sitting next to me on an airplane? Signed, Once Peace and Quiet in NYC. Boy, that was very brief and to the point. Well, good. I I like a short letter. I like a long story. I like a real problem. I think this is a real problem. Um, John Waters swears by traveling with a book called Lesbian Nuns. This is a real book, by the way. And a person takes one look at the cover of that and it's pretty much guaranteed to leave you alone. Unless it's a lesbian or a nun. Of course, then you're stuck with reading a book called Lesbian Nuns. I actually have the book. And Just it's, take it, the jacket off. The no, it's not the off. kind of book. you. It's like a smaller paperback, so you can't oh. put another book in it. Um, you would put an issue of Star Hits or something inside and read that. Well, it, that would be much larger than the book. But anyway, I suggest sticking earphones in your ear before, in before in your ears before you even get on the plane. You don't even have to plug it into anything. That way, people know from the get go. I I do that at work actually when people are loud around me, and if I don't want to listen to a podcast or listen to music, I still may plug in and put my earpods in, and then move my head around every once in a while so if i hear people still talking in the background it blocks out some of the sound but then if they address me i just pretend like i don't hear them like if they're like scott i need your help or can you look at this and i'm just like moving my head and pretending that i don't hear them on an airplane i've had like the flight attendant um you know when they're getting ready when you're getting ready to take off i had a flight attendant come up to me and like tap me on the shoulder and say like um you need to turn that off until the pilot gives the gives the you know get go the, or the whatever you call it the, the sign, okay the okay and I just show her the end of the cord that it's not plugged in anything and she just fucks off. New releases, please. Speaking of flights and airplanes, a couple weeks ago, I got the four-disc Blu-ray set of the entire Airport collection, which I've watched three of them so far. It's the first Airport from, like, 1970, then Airport 75. The disaster film. Yeah, disaster film. Then Airport 77, and then the Concorde, Airport 79. And these movies are so 70s, retro, campy. It's got, like, a 
Charlton Heston and Burt Lancaster and Karen Black. And, I, I approve. Of, yeah, and Jack Lemmon and Brenda Vaccaro and Christopher Lee. My mom took me to see a couple of those. Yeah, I saw the one with Karen Black as the stewardess that had to fly the plane because there was a big hole in the front. And Eric Estrada was one of the co-pilots, Sorry. and he got killed in it. No. I know. And I haven't watched the third one yet, but you'll be happy to know that Charo is in the third one. Oh, or the fourth one, I'm sorry, the very, the very last one. Isn't that the one, though, that was like a big bomb? Oh, that killed the series. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. It looks The trailer looks absolutely horrible. But I got it for like $17 <clears throat> for all four of these movies, and they are classics. I think that's a good buy. Mm-hmm. It is. I, uh, I've been completely entertained by this. So I finally something agree. I bought that you're like, you don't need that. You do need that. I need that. I think, yeah, I think you kind of do need that. It's really good. Here, we have another question for this week. All right, so you read this one. Dear Kevin and Scott, I own a small business. I have a few employees, all of who are younger than I am by at least a decade or two. I find some of their grammar to be appalling. But I've always been taught it's incorrect and especially rude to correct grammar. Here's my problem. I worry that the professionalism of my company could be compromised by their grammar. How would you bring this up to them? I'm so sure, Chicago. Wow. Well, that's pretty presumptuous that you took on the name of our podcast and calling yourself I'm so sure. No, we're so sure. You're not. Let's start there, shall we? But this... Let me correct your... your (laughs) Your identification, yeah. yeah, that is not you. We are, but no, you're right. You can't. You should not correct people's grammar, especially around other people. No, and the way to handle this too is you could, um, well, if it's if it's something that's written, then it, you can't correct it in an email or something without coming off like an asshole or like handwrite. But if you're talking to someone, the best way to correct someone and be I, nice, I get the impression that she's talking about. Oh. Speaking. Well, what I would do is just speak to them and say whatever they're doing incorrectly. Say it correctly and maybe say it a couple times but not make a big deal over it to kind of subtly point out that you're saying it different than them and that you're right and they're wrong. And no matter what they do, they will always be wrong and you will always be right. Well, I had a problem several years ago when I worked... I was kidding, by the way. But. When I was in a supervisory position with um, an employee that kept using the word scent instead instead of sense and I just had to tell her that anything more than one scent is sense like there's a difference between singular and plural and she's like oh I know but this is just the way I speak and I was just like, well, please use the correct terminology because we want to appear, you know, like we're professionals here. So Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to use a little bit of common sense. <laughs> well, I think I may have told this story before, but one time I was going through the uh, drive-thru and, um, somewhere and the cashier who gave me back my change... <laughs> was like, um, you know, here's your change is 53 cent. So I just said thank. Yeah, I think you said that. Instead of I think our listeners remember it makes you sound like a a superior asshole. (laughs) It's just... It's true. I don't think I'm superior. I mean, yeah, I'll say... Maybe you are think you're slightly better than some. No. I think I'm slightly better than you. And you think you know more than people, than other people? No, just you. Oh, okay. And if you would hang on to all of our outtakes so we could have a a bloopers episode. Nope, because they're deleted and never heard from again. Because those are such some of the funniest things. Well, I left that one thing in here about when I thought that Vienna was on Virgin Records. Just because I got confused because Vienna and Virgin sound alike. They don't sound alike. They just begin with V. Yeah, exactly. They're they're like synonyms. They sound so close. It was just like on that episode that you said that Annie Lennox should have a Christmas. Oh, yeah, she does. CD. It was like, um, (laughs) she does and you have it. I think Madonna should record an album called Like Like a Virgin or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm better than anybody. No, I know. Just me. (sighs) No... 
sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dirty truth comes out. The dirty truth comes out. Whatever. Well, I think that's going to do it. Yeah, I've had more than seven, enough of you. I have things I need to go do. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. I need to go to Target. Well, good and luck to you at your trip at Target. To Target. Boy, I can't speak clearly. I know. Both of us have had problems I'm, like, today. tripping on my tongue. Well, and... here's the thing. We're trying to stockpile some episodes of the podcast so that we can go a couple weeks without recording. And I think maybe, perhaps, we have just spoken too much today. Yeah, I think I've spoken more than I sometimes speak in an entire day. Or a week. No. You don't really talk that much. Sometimes you have very little to say. You have very little to offer. <laughs> Thanks. Thank. 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 Well, thank you for tuning in. Or downloading. I guess they're not really tuning in. It's the same thing. It's we appreciate you subscribing. And please... Tell, pass, tell your friends. Yeah, pass our podcast on to other friends. Make sure you go to our friends, like Groovy Doom... There's a new issue coming out either this week or next week. Has he covered um, any artwork for a movie called The Prowler? Maybe. I don't know. You should suggest that or I should look. Yeah, I love that movie from 1981. It's got Tom Savini gore effects in it. That's really good. It's gruesome. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash I'm so sure podcast. And you can find me at facebook.com slash I'm so sure podcast. We also have hashtag I'm so sure podcast for Instagram and other social media outlets. And that's it. Bye. But we didn't say our names. We are really out of it. I'm no, Scott Benson. Did we say it at the beginning? No. They know who we are at this point. I'm Kevin. Scott. Bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. So sure.